This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just really stoked about this generosity uh, challenge. The, the, the mission is really not just to tick things off. The idea is to create a lifestyle of being generous. Um, my wife loves lists. And she loves to tick them off. So I was like already Thursday saying, honey, you need to stop. You're going to finish the whole list this first week. And we must pace ourselves. Okay, but we've been, we've been as a family, been having a, a great time. Just uh, uh, a blessing people and loving people. It's been really cool. Hey, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Huh? It is. It's true. So um, I want to I share with you tonight about reaching the one. Come on, say one. One. Reaching the one. So I want to, I want to continue with generosity. I want, to, I want to continue sharing about the eternity uh, uh, rope in a moment. My eternity rope. For those who missed last week, I'll, I'll bring you into the game in a moment. Um, but a bit of my story. When, uh, in, in 1996, I was a first year at university. And I know many of you have heard my story, but I'm going to take a little bit of a different angle. There was a guy, um, I was a first year, I was clueless, I didn't know Jesus, although I, I'd gone to church, a traditional church, uh, I, I knew the Bible stories, I, I did Sunday school. Impressive, I know. <laughs> and uh, I went to university primarily for this one reason of having a party. That was the primary reason. The secondary reason was, let's do engineering, and uh, I did finish that, and a master's degree and everything, but I primarily went to, to have a party, and in that first, second term of my first year, the wheel sort of came off, and the Lord set me up with a whole bunch of stuff, but it was my, my own fault, so I, I, I screwed up big time, quite a few times. I had to publicly, in front of the whole hostel, 120 men, I had to apologize for being a doofus, for the stuff, the stuff I did and the disciplinary hearings and things and upsetting people. And so in, in that time when my, my life was clopping a wobble, this guy, Etienne, he came to me. And he said to me, uh, he walked across the courtyard, came to me, and I think he said, hey, let's play some table tennis or something. We played a bit of table tennis. And then he I probably built up his courage, and then he spoke to me, and he said to me, Andre, I had a dream last night. In the dream, God appeared to me, and the Lord said to me that I must invite you to church. I obviously thought, dude, you're weird. You are very weird. It was such a God moment. And, and I, I went to a shofar church, and I encountered the living God, and my life was radically transformed. But it all happened because of one person, Etienne. There's now a pastor in Tanzania, in Dar es Salaam. And he took the courage, he had, he had the guts to walk across the courtyard to an arrogant, selfish, full of himself little twerp, 18-year-old twerp, that knew squat. My life radically changed because of an Etienne. So, I'm sure all of us have a name of somebody that impacted your life. Somebody that walked across the room, somebody that prayed for you, somebody that made the effort to, to, to invite you or to pray for you or to share Jesus with you. And that someone 
impacted your life and your eternity. I mean, I am, I am so thankful. I would have nothing if it wasn't for Etienne that walked across the room, that walked across the courtyard, that took that step to share with me. And I want to I encourage us tonight to be an Etienne for an Andre. To be an Etienne for someone, to be that one that changes somebody's life because you took that step. Amen. There's nothing, there's not, nothing that compares to knowing Jesus. And, and we tend to sort of get, you know, after giving our lives to Christ and making things right, we tend to be, just go on with life and focus on ourselves. And, but there's somebody that is on God's heart that God wants you to reach. And it's going to cause you to come alive. You know, and I, as it was with me, with the traditional church thing, I would Saturday night, pub, party, drunk, Sunday in church. The truth is, I was completely lost, although I went to church. I was straight on my way to an eternity without God. If I died there, we game over. And I believe God wants to bring an urgency to our hearts to realize how much we carry, how much we have received, and then to invest that into somebody else. That's what I'm trusting for, that tonight God's going to move you to walk across the room, to step out, and to share with somebody the love of God. Amen. So let me pray for us, and then we're going to share about how we can reach the one. Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you, Lord, that you are, you are beautiful. You are wonderful. Nothing compares to knowing you. Lord, we celebrate tonight every one of us whose name is written in the book of life. We were lost. Now you found us. And we celebrate that, God. We are so thankful. And so, Lord, we ask that tonight that your word would move us and that your Holy Spirit would empower us to impact the lives of others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so here we have the rope of eternity. And it basically represents, because we, we battle, we tend to get so busy with, so stuck in this realm and this life that we, we battle to see beyond. If you say eternity and it's a long time, it's like the brain fries a little bit. You know, so I want to illustrate this by saying this rope represents eternity. It goes there off the stage and around the planet 25 million times. Okay, so it's really, really long. And then this little thing, as I shared last week, this five centimeters, this is this life compared to eternity. It's really short. And we don't know where we are on this on this five centimeters. Some of us are there in the middle. Some of us are there right at the end. It's, 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 it's close to game over. But you won't know. It's got nothing to do with age. It's about you just don't know when it's your last. And so God wants us to, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to bring an urgency to us to awaken to life is short. Eternity is for forever. And how you live these five centimeters will determine all of that. It will determine how you spend your eternity and where you spend your eternity. If you commit your life to Christ and you follow Him faithfully for all your days, hallelujah, good news, and eternity with God.
But if you maybe give your life to Christ, but you lose your way, you become bitter and offended and angry and you turn away from Christ, I'm sorry to say you're not going to make it. It says be faithful to the end. Not just one day give a little prayer or even today give a little prayer. It's about give your life to Christ and become His servant and then follow Him all your days. And that guarantees an eternity with God. And so we need to awaken to this reality. This life is short. Come on, say, it's short. It's short. And we tend to err on the side of getting involved in things that have no impact on eternity. Get busy with, 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 with nonsense and things that waste our lives. And the good news is, for you and me, is that... We all have limited resources. We have limited time. Every, every minute that you have, the next few seconds, tick, tock, tick, tock. It's gone. Never going to get it back. Time's gone. But the amazing thing is that if you take that moment and you, those few seconds and you invest it on yourself, it passes away. But if you take a minute tomorrow, and you invest it in somebody else. Do you know what happens? That minute is converted into eternal riches, and you impact. You impact eternity. Okay? So if you take your money and you spend it on your McDonald's meal, that's nice. Well, not so nice, depending on how you feel. But it's gone. Never going to get that 50 bucks back, it's gone. But if you take that same 50 rand and you invest it in somebody that's on God's heart, some, so suddenly it ripples into eternity. It, it, it ripples, it breaks out of this. And in one moment, the moment you say, but I've got these resources, I have this time, I have money, I have things, I have, I have this, and I decide to invest it into somebody on God's heart. Suddenly it is converted into eternity and you don't lose that money. You don't lose your time. It's converted for the glory of God and a blessing to you. Amen. So there's a powerful quote by a guy um, that uh, speaks about this. He says, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep. You cannot keep your time. You cannot keep your money. You cannot take your house to heaven. You cannot take your car to heaven. You cannot take your iPad with you. You can't take that with you. But he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. It's beautiful. You gain. You, you, you've invested your time and now suddenly you gain. And if it, when, you, when you invest in somebody for eternity... It causes them to join you in eternity. It echoes in eternity. When you do good to the one, it echoes into eternity. And the truth is, the tests will come, the trials will come, the distractions will come. You know, we give our lives to Jesus at some point, and we like to get offended. You're going to get offended. People are going to disappoint you. Somebody's going to say something's going to freak you out, and you're going to be pushed to leave the church. 
And if you go nowhere to no church, let me tell you, you walk away from Jesus. That's how it works. People outside of community, they lose their way. Or maybe you start off well, it's going great, and at some point you find yourself struggling with sin, struggling, bound by sinful stuff. And everything within you, the darkness overwhelms you, like, ah, oh, give it up, who am I? No, you get up again. Because why? Your eternity is at stake. So you're going to allow one idiot to cause you to go to hell. That's stupid. That's stupid. Okay? So if somebody does something to you, they offend you, and then you, you allow them to win by you turning away from God because your heart becomes bitter and angry and stuffed up. It's not worth it. Life is too short. Invest your life well. Get over yourself and follow Jesus. Amen. Come on, that's a good word for somebody here tonight. Amen. You need to hear that. Because we, we, we fall into the pity party and then we forget there's an eternity to fight for. Your eternity and then somebody else's eternity. Oh, how many times I've been upset about stuff in my life. And I remember one time, eh, if you want to get offended, do ministry. <laughs> I was uh, chatting to Heinrich, who's coming next week to come and minister. And they also came to this Global Leadership Summit this weekend. And, and we were just WhatsApping one another about, yo, leadership's tough. Because you're going to get the opportunity to get freaked out by people. But it's worth fighting for. I remember years ago, I was at Chauffeur Tigerberg in Cape Town, and I was a student pastor, and both Sonic and I, we were just, we, Sunday afternoon, and we just wanted to cry. We say, she was sitting at the, we decided we we're going to worship together, so she was at the piano, she was playing, and I was just like moping, lipper op clipper. Die rechte clipper, okay, but both's bad. <laughs> so anyway, so, man, I was upset, and I was wanting to just cry. Feeling sorry for myself. And then the Lord just sort of rebuked me and said, get over yourself. There are people going to hell. Get up and go. That night I made an altar call and a whole lot of people turned to Christ. But I was just like, people are dying. People are drowning. Now imagine sitting in a boat, life-saving boat, and you crying. <gasps> poor me. Going to heaven, but poor me. And there's like a hundred people around the boat, all drowning, going to hell, going to hell, lost. Poor me. Now, get over yourself. Save somebody. It's Jesus that saves, but get over yourself and share with somebody. Get over yourself and invest in somebody. Get over yourself and invest in eternity. Tough words, but it's the truth. Because we so like to feel sorry for ourselves. Get over your pity party and get up. Get busy with doing the will of God. Because that's when you come alive. That's when you come alive. That's when your life means something. Compared to just going through the motions. No, get up. Get going. Come on, say it. I'm getting up. I'm getting going for Jesus. Yes, that's when you come alive. So come on, you can do it. So... Matthew 10, verse 8, this is so, so powerful in the message translation, and it speaks of, uh, this is Jesus speaking, and, and he says there, bring health to the sick, raise the dead, touch the untouchables, kick out the demons. You have been treated generously, so live generously. 
So, so, so basically, one, there's a line through all of that that Jesus says at first bit. Do you know what it's about? The one thing that's the same in all of that. It's about people. Hurting, broken, suffering people. People that are being tormented by darkness. People that are battling in their lives. And they need somebody to go in the name of Jesus and love them. And so Jesus says there, you have been treated generously. So be generous. I mean, in other words, do you have any idea how much God has given you? Time, money, opportunities, talents, eternal life. You have the greatest, if you've committed your life to Christ, you've surrendered your life to Jesus, then you have the greatest treasure that this world has ever seen. His name is Jesus. And you cannot hold him, you cannot hold him to yourself. You cannot hold him to yourself. I mean, this is what happened to me. I'm in the middle of my first year at university. I had to apologize in front of all the 120 men. Guys, I'm really sorry for the stuff-ups. I, I, was, I was the washout. Beginning of the following year, and I committed my life to Christ. I came back beginning of my second year and in our, in, our, in our dining room areas where the guys would eat lunch. And so, you know, sometimes guys can share something. There's a microphone, and then you would share about this, about that. And I was like, man, I'm going to be sharing. I want to share the devotional today. Yes. So I preached up a storm. I said, I shouted, I shouted to the guys, nothing tastes like Jesus. And I remember the advert, nothing tastes like Frisca <laughs> from the 90s, people. <laughs> and I was like, nothing tastes like Jesus. I was just like, I was so on fire because I realized I was lost. Now I am found. I cannot, cannot hold this to myself. Do you remember that moment where you committed your life to Christ? Do you remember the, 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 the thankfulness that the, the was stirred on the inside of you? Do you remember, for if you were a student or you were especially young, it's a very scary, dangerous time. Because we have a lot of passion but no wisdom. Very scary. I freaked up so, out many people, my family and, and things. But the fire, the thankfulness, like, Wow! Do you realize what you have? Do any of us really understand what God has placed into our hands? And are we doing something with it? I want to move you to impact a life this coming few weeks. People are God's greatest treasure. People are God's greatest treasure. That's why he saved you. That's why he touched your life. He loves you. But now he's saying, hey, now touch somebody else. Impact somebody else. Let it overflow. Let it overflow. It is the greatest moments of my life is when I lead somebody to Jesus. I'm like, what a joy. We had Encounter One last week, Life Encounter last week. And on the Saturday, the people were just sharing some of their stories of how they encountered Jesus. It is epic. Epic. Come on, God wants to impact somebody through you. You see, God is not seeing crowds. He is seeing the one. Come on, say the one. He's seeing 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 the one, and he wants you to see the one. So on, on Wednesday, we had um, a pastor's fraternal here, about 40-plus pastors, and the first time we hosted for the city it was a really special morning. So the one pastor lady, she, she said when they 
drove into the parking lot. When she got out of the car, she said she felt the presence of God here. I was like, come on. Our prayers are influencing our prayers. Last week, Sunday, there was a lady here, a mom of a guy who's, I think, in his 50s, I presume. Or at least late 40s. But she shared with me, she committed her life to Christ here this last week, Sunday night. And she shared that as she walked in these doors, she just felt something different. She felt at home. I mean, she's in her 70s. And it was loud. And everything. And she committed her life to Christ. And, but she just said that she, she was so impacted. She was so thankful. She said she's gone to church. She's never responded. But last week, Sunday, she responded. And she said, I'm so thankful I came. Jesus visiting in East London from Mossel Bay area. And come on, give Jesus praise for that. That's beautiful. And then the one pastor, I mean, they don't know this. The pastors don't know my passion. I don't, don't even really share with them. But, you know, some of you would know I, I'm quite passionate about more. More. There's more. There's more of God. There's more that God wants to do. There's more. And so this one pastor, and they're praying for us, and the presence of God is thick. And this guy starts to prophesy and says, the Lord said to me, more than ever before. He said, he prophesied saying that Shofar East London would be used for a move of the Spirit that East London has never seen before. More than ever before. Ah, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Confirmation, they know nothing. And I have word upon word upon word. There's more. You're going to see more. You're going to see the kingdom of God coming. But how do we position ourselves in that place that God can pour out the more into us? You see, it's, it's about trust. Can God trust us? Is our hearts in the right place? Can He trust us with, with His glory, with His blessings, with His whatever He wants to do? Can He trust us? And He can only trust us if our hearts are filled with love for people. That we don't get distracted with anything else. We just, God, it's about people. It's not even about the miracles. It's about people feeling loved. It's about people encountering Jesus. It's about people turning to Christ. And I believe if we position ourselves in that place, then God can work mightily and will work mightily in us. So how can we steward this best? Matthew 18, verse 10 to 30. We need to get the heart of the shepherd, Jesus. It says, take heed Verse 10, that you do not despise one of these little ones. So Jesus is saying, guys, I know how people operate or how you are wired. It is so easy to despise people. It is so easy to get irritated with people that are not in our main sphere of, of you know, where we maybe operate. People outside of that sphere, whether it's poor or rich or black or white or Chinese or whatever. You know, but they, we, he says, do not despise. Value people. Value people. I mean, Christians over the years have been at the forefront of fighting for people. God is the author of life and we are the stewards, the protectors, the guardians of life. We have to fight for life. That's why Christians are the, we're at the forefront of stopping slavery. Because we value a human soul. 
The color of the skin means squat. We bleed the same blood, red. And the, and, and, and the Christians were at the forefront of fighting to end slavery. And when it comes to abortion, we have a culture of death in our country, in our world. We, we celebrate destruction in movies. We love it. More people that get killed, yes. <laughs> Especially the men. But we, 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 we live in a culture of death. So many people are dying or getting messed up. And abortion is just shocking. But Christians are at the forefront of fighting for the baby in the womb. One month old, we'll fight for you. We'll fight for those who cannot fight for themselves. We'll fight for you. 95 years old, invalid, useless, mean nothing to this world. We'll fight for you. You're precious. You're special. Jesus loves you. He died for you. We'll fight for you. The person that is a complete invalid and can do nothing for no one, we'll fight for you. We'll value We will we'll love you because we know even in eternity, when you walk into eternity, there were some, what a month ago, was there was a guy here, was he on a mattress here? He's 50 years old, completely incapacitated for 50 years. And I know Jesus loves you. And I know when you step into heaven, you're going to run into heaven with a new body. You are precious to God. We do not look according to the eyes of the flesh. We look according to the heart of God. Let's fight for life. Let's fight for people. No matter where they are, no matter what color, no matter what position, they need Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's say it. Everybody needs Jesus. They do. They do. And it says there, the rest there, For I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. It seems like everybody has an angel. But I don't think everybody has an angel that is active. So we need to pray to activate those angels. We need to be generous in our prayers to activate the angels so that they will come to Christ and turn to Jesus. It says, For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. If you do not know Jesus, you are lost. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? It's weird how this works, but the sheepies tend to go to the mountains and to the canyons and to where it is vault. You have to like really work hard to get there. And Jesus is saying, leave the ninety-nine. Go. Seek out the one. Reach out to the one. The 99 is your own sphere of comfort. The church, your life group, your family, your friends. That's the 99. It's all lacquer. Jesus is saying, leave them and go. Not the whole time, but at times. Leave. Go and find the one. Seek out the one. So I had this one guy on my heart for quite a while. He's a Jewish man here in town. But investing sort of little bits into his life, you know, uh, over like last 10 years or so, but it's always been very just a professional relationship, not much more. Anyway, so he's, he's needing a, a kidney transplant. He's going next week to this kidney transplant. And about a month ago, randomly he phones me and he says, Pastor, I just want to say this was okayed or authorized. I am getting my kidney because I've engaged with him, been years of, of, of suffering and trying to sort this out. I was like, wow, he phoned me. I didn't realize... I didn't realize. Just my little bits of investment really made an impact. Anyway, so I was like, I am going to have a meeting. I'm going to see him. I want to see him. I want to take him for breakfast before he goes for his op. 
So now I'm at the shop and the place, and I'm a few times, and I'm, ah, like, oh, okay, okay, next time, next time. <laughs> I'm going to ask. It was a little bit awkward. And so the next week, I again say, hey, I want to bless you. I want to take you for breakfast. It was like this Thursday, past Thursday morning. I want to take you for breakfast, 7.30. How about it? It was like, eek. Oh, I have to check with my wife. <laughs> Might be busy 7.30 in the morning, you know, and, uh, and, and I'm like, ah, okay, well, let's see. But I went, then I just started to pray. Before I spoke to him, I prayed. After that, I prayed, said, Lord, move him. So Wednesday night, quarter past nine, I get a WhatsApp. He's saying, sharp, let's do it. Let's have breakfast. Thursday morning, breakfast. And it was just beautiful. I was again like, how should I now do this? You're going to hell. You need Jesus. No, 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 no. Not a good option. Option A, not a good option. Let's option B. Love the man and listen. I went for option B. Thank you, Jesus. And it was just wonderful just sharing and chatting and listening to his story. I'm like, wow, I didn't know it was that bad. I didn't know all the stuff you've gone through and challenge with his wife and kids and all of that. And it was so wonderful just to listen, to engage, to care, to love, and then obviously also share a little bit about Jesus changing lives and touching people and just sharing. And it was so receptive. It was so beautiful. And in the end, uh, it was the waitress got the bill and then normally say would give two, 20 rand, 10% bill, like a tip to the waitress. And I'm like, no, 100 rand today. Because God loves you. Jesus loves you. You know, just being a blessing. And then I asked him, man, can I pray for you just right now? And he said, yes. So in the, in the coffee shop, put my hand on his arm and I prayed. And the presence of God was thick. I can see he was touched. It is that easy, but you need to step across. You need to go there and can I take you for breakfast? The only thing that can happen is that they could say no. But I know I sowed those seeds. It was beautiful. I'm praying that God will really impact him. So we were at this global leadership thing uh, Friday, Saturday, and there was this Chinese guy that shared these stories about rejection. He wrote a book about 100 days of rejection. Beautiful. Because he was six years old and experienced a lot of rejection when he was small. And it's almost like he's carrying the stronghold in his life. And he was over it as a businessman. And he's still freaking out when somebody says no. And he's, I want to, I must overcome this. So he decided is he's going to look for rejection for a hundred days. And he's going to make a vlog, a video blog of it. And he's going to like ask crazy stuff to people so that they would say no. <laughs> so... He pitches up at the, uh, somebody's door, random house, knocks on the door. He's got a soccer ball on his arm, soccer gear on. He says, hi, sir, can I play soccer in your backyard? And the guy's like, okay, sure. <laughs> He's like, no, I want to be rejected. So he goes and he kicks the ball a little bit, takes a photo, and then he goes out. And then he goes to a police officer, a traffic guy with his car, and he goes to the traffic guy, and he says, man, oh, could I drive your car? Always wanted to drive your car. I want to drive your car. Can I? The guy's like, 
why? No, I want to take it for a spin, you know, and just experience it. And the guy's was like, okay. <laughs> no one's ever asked that before, so okay. <laughs> so <laughs> he drives the... T- and then he actually went and flew a plane as well, and he has never flown anything. I mean, it's crazy. But he said, as he stepped out, and he kept on stepping out, he was just like, he's free. This is so awesome. And that is the key. It, it, you know, listening to this message tonight will not transform your life unless you step out. And you go and you say, hey, may I take you to coffee? To engage with you. Can I, hey, can I, would you come to church? Hey, I want to, can I, can I, can I spend some time with you? Can I invest in you? Can I bless you with something? You need to step out if you want to reach the one. Amen. Come on, that's, that's when your life is going to be changed. That's why you need to do these things on this list and not just say, oh, that's nice. No, man, do it. You can do it. Okay, so how can we reach the one? I'm going to mention three things. I'm not going to go into all the details. But the number one is you need to value people more, way more than things. Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew in, in a steadfast spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Your salvation. And uphold me by a generous spirit. And then the following verse, actually, and I will lead sinners to repentance. But the key is the joy of salvation, to realize what God has given to you. Man, my name is written in the book of life. This is beautiful. So, number two, you need to wake up to the moment. You need to wake up. You need to take hold of every moment of your life. You need to be ready every day. When yes, you start your day, you need to start off by being generous in prayer and to praise God, I'm available today. And Lord, if there's anybody in your heart, I want to step out. I want to love them. I want to share with them. Lord, and when the opportunity comes, then you need to step out. Say, hey, can I play soccer in your backyard? You know, like, no one's involved. No, just, just step out and ask something crazy. Like, hey. Will you come to church? There's something hot happening at Shofar. Hot. I don't know if you saw that video about a month ago. John 4, 34, it says, then Jesus explained, he said, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God, who sent me and from finishing his work. So what happened there? Jesus was, the guys, the disciples went to get some food. They came back because they were all hungry. And then they come back and Jesus says, I'm, no, I'm not hungry anymore. I've had nourishment that you don't know of. What was his nourishment? He spoke to one Samaritan lady at a well. A woman who's been divorced five times and was living with the sixth boyfriend. And Jesus says to share the good news with that woman. It fed him. And you can look and go read the scripture, go read the gospels. You see it over and over again. Jesus would go out of his way to reach the one. He would travel far to deliver one man from like 2,000 demons. Went through a storm. Got into a boat. Through a storm to go find the one. The one. Come on, say it. The one. It's worth it. And when you love the one, it's as if you're loving Jesus. You're doing it to him. When you do good to the one, it echoes through eternity. Come on, wake up. 
Wake up to the opportunities of your day. Wake up and don't waste your five centimeters. Invest your five centimeters by getting up and praying. By getting our Echo Prayer app. I said last week, download it. Echo Prayer app. Download it. Join our Ignite the City prayer group and be inspired to pray. God wants to touch somebody. Then it says there, verse 35, you know the saying, four months... Between planting and harvest. It's like the thing about, you know, it's still four months. It's still four months. One day someone's going to turn to Christ. One day something beautiful is going to happen, but not today. But then he says, but I say, wake up and look around. The fields are ready. They're ripe. They're people desperate. They need Jesus. They're waiting for you to share with them, to invite them to church, to a life group. It says the harvesters are paid good wages. You want to be wealthy in heaven? <laughs> you want to be blessed? Or the lowest rank nobody like? Or you want to say, good and faithful servant, well done. Reach people for Christ. Say, God, I don't know how, help me. I want to. That's a great place to start. I want to. Help me to overcome my fears of rejection. Help me, God. I want to touch somebody's life. And what joy Away says they, uh, the harvest are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. Come on, say it. People brought to eternal life. People return to Christ. What joy awaits you if you do that? What joy? So our lady, um, that, the lady that works at our, at our home, her name is Doris. She's in her 60s. She's a grandmother. And she is, with a little bit that she's doing, looking after a whole lot of people. So last week, was it Monday or Saturday? Mon- Monday or Tuesday, she came to, um, to work, and, uh, and we could see she's not like a thing. Something's not right. She's got tears in her eyes, and something's really, really wrong. And uh, she shared basically that her son got in a fight with somebody else, and he killed the other man with a knife. And so the police took him away. He's in, he's in jail now. And now the family of the man that's been killed is threatening her to pay for the funeral, which is thousands upon thousands. Yeah, so I was like, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. It's such a stuffed up world. How can you expect the grandmothers looking after how many other kids who has nothing now to go lend money to pay for this? Yeah. So anyway, so we were like, I'm, 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 we need to do something. We need to fight for her. We need to help her. And so we have to try and pay for this rubbish. But um, who's going to fight? Not that she's not the rubbish. Huh? She's beautiful. Pay for the other rubbish of the the funeral nonsense. Um, I was just so frustrated. The people that are poor, that don't even know how to do anything, I don't know, work with money, and now don't know how to fight for themselves. And then you and I need to step in and fight for them. So I, wanna, I just want you to wake up. Awaken to the challenges around you. And then as the Spirit leads you, do something. Do something. Step out. So firstly, Value people above things. Secondly, wake up to the moment. Just do it. And then thirdly, lastly, do small things. So there's one lady shared at this leadership thing. It was amazing. Liz Bohannon, American lady. 
And she had this dream of changing lives, many, many lives of African lives. And, 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 and then as life as a student, she had this passion, and then, and then she started to work. And, but she had this massive dream about changing the world, and, and then nothing happened because she got, she, the dream was so big and she had so little to do that with. So she was just, I can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. And she got involved in corporate America and nothing was happening. And then one day God spoke to her and said to her, start small. Make a friend. Resign. Go to Uganda. Go make a friend. And that's what she did. She went to Uganda. She made a few friends. And she realized that. She needs to help these ladies to go to university. And how she's going to do that? And then she started to pray about it. And then she realized she had designed some crazy flip-flop that doesn't flop um, <laughs> or flip at, uh, in university. And then they started, she made a design of these flip-flops. And then that doesn't flip. And then made a manufacturing company in Uganda, employed many ladies. And they started a manufacturing company that has grown over the last 10 years into thousands Many people working in Ethiopia and Uganda, exporting it to the United States and all across the world. And she's, she's put hundreds, hundreds of young girls through university because of this initiative. But it started with, make a friend. And I realized, so spoke to me. Because I realized when we say, big dreams, big dreams, but we don't do anything. It's pointless. Start somewhere. Love somebody. Love somebody. You want to see East London change? Start with one person. Love them well. Give to them. Pray for them. Invest in them. That is going to do way more than having big dreams and doing squat with them. Last verse I want to read, Revelation 22, verse 12. It says, Behold, I am coming quickly. Time is short. There's an urgency. Wake up. Don't waste your five centimeters. Don't waste your little bit. Invest it. I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Our God is the greatest, most influential, most, he has the most means of any employer in the world. Imagine working for somebody and says, man, I'm going to give you a million rand if you would do these few things for me. God is saying, guys, I'm going to reward you beyond your wildest dreams, and those rewards will last for eternity. It is worth the sacrifice. It is worth the effort. It is worth the awkward moments when you engage with somebody. It is worth it. Wake up. God's going to reward you. He's going to bless you. He's going to be with you in it. You can do it. Come on, let's say, I can do it. With the help of God, you can do it. And I'm seeing this in my mind's eye, the ones that you will reach. The ones, the work colleague that you're going to invest in, the family member that you're going to pray for, the one, it is worth it. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.